Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and with the England cricket team now ensconced in the UAE. On today's show, you'll be hearing an exclusive interview with English spinner Ryan Ahmed, who talks about the support given to him by the England team, what it's like playing in such an inexperienced spin attack and whether or not he classes himself as a cricket badger. Also, a cricket chat that took place during the lunch break on day four of the second test, Neil Manthorpe joined in the commentary box by the Daily Mail's Paul Newman and TalkSport's new man in the England camp, Cameron Ponsonby. And while both England and England are having a bit of deserved downtime after two frantic and fabulous tests, no rest for the TalkSport cricket team. So over the next few days, you can expect an episode of following on every single day, included an interview with former England captain and Times columnist Mike Atherton, former England fast bowler Gladstone Small, and you'll hear an exclusive chat with the soon-to-be 100 Test Man, Johnny Bairstow. So, keep it subscribed to Following On, leave us a five-star review if you wish, and thanks for listening. Brent, are you living the dream at the moment? You so clearly love cricket. What's being an England cricketer like? Uh, unbelievable, I guess. Um, obviously, I am living a dream. Um, it's been part... Being playing cricket for England and being part of this team, it's just something I never thought I'd do. Um, but again, like being part of this team makes it even more special. You know, everyone's rooting for each other. It's the most positive thing you come into. Um, but so yeah, it's like unbelievable. People say you're a bit of a cricket badger. Is that fair? Yeah, they can say that. Um, I mean, it's either them not being badgering enough or me being too much. So I don't know. <laughs> but but yeah, I like cricket a lot. Let's wind it back to last winter when you first got the call to go to Pakistan with the England senior team. What was your reaction when that call came? Um, I mean, we were playing a Lions game at the time. I think Zach and Popey smacked me around. So I got hit about 16, about five or six overs, something like that. So I was like, oh, it's not the best impression. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, Baz came up to me at lunch mid-time saying, you've got to come with the first team. And I was like, are you sure about that? <laughs> I just got smacked, but... Uh, but I mean, yeah, I was the happiest guy in the world. Obviously, my dad was there as well with his friends, so I went to tell them as well, and so were they. Um, so yeah, great moment. And does it feel still as special now that I guess you're on the WhatsApp group, whatever, when the message comes through, you're still part of our thinking, you're still part of the squad, 
are you available to go to India? Does it still mean the same now? Or, or does, it feel, does it feel more normal yet? I, I think it's always special, even when every time Baz comes up to your team, you've got to play this game or you're part of the squad, it's always going to be special. Um, and I think that's still, and especially, I think that's more because of the team I'm in. Um, to be in a squad of this team, uh, on the things we have achieved and the things and the way we play, and then to be part and actually play, um, it's just it's just great, I, think, I guess. I think it'll always be spe- um, special for me. You're part of a very young spinners group at the moment. <laughs> Yourself, Bash and Tom's young as well. Do you, have you almost sort of formed like your own little group to, to sort of look after each other and sort of find your way through it all? I think it's not either as our small group, it's more all of us, the team, the whole team together. Um, obviously everyone causes an experience and not experienced enough and not played enough games and whatnot, but I think we've pulled off all right so far. Um, we've got Lodo Wickers, Tommy's bowled unbelievable, Bash bowled so well in his debut as well. Um, everyone looks in place, everyone feels in place. Um, and yeah, I guess even Stokesy, the way he looks after us and the way he talks to us and just just the vibe of every, every ball trying to get a wicket and always looking for the next ball. Um, it's, yeah, it's just great. I wanted to ask you about Ben because he looks like he's a bloke who just fills you full of confidence. You know, if, if he asks you to run through that wall that's next to you, you'd probably ask him how many times. Would that be true? Yeah, 100%. Um, when, when people like obviously treat you so well you want to do as well as you can for them um, and that's the thing with this dressing room they've, they've treated me so well they've looked after all of us so whatever the team uh, wants and what, wherever we need we'll always try and do that um, so obviously the way Stokesy looks after me, Bash, Tommy uh, confidence, I bowl half trackers probably every over um, and I don't feel like I do, I feel like I bowl like Shane Ward so it's like uh, just the confidence I get given from the changing room and the backing I get just makes me, it makes it so much better. And does it make you want to repay that confidence more? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Obviously, that whenever I bowl, I try and get a wicket. Um, regardless of the situation, I just try and think of getting a wicket because I think that's the goal that we all try and do. Um, so, so me trying to get wickets and and trying my best to get. Sometimes I won't, and sometimes it'll mean the other end will get a wicket, or sometimes it means we just won't get wickets. But as long as I'm thinking I'll get a wicket, I think I'll be better. Lots of people are talking about you being an all-rounder, some as a bowler, some as a batter. Lots of people reckon you'll end up being a batter who bowls a bit. What do you want to be? Um, to be fair, I always wanted to be a batter, but now I want to be a better bowler, being in this team. Um, I think... Bowling leg spin, I think I took a bit for granted for a little bit. I was like, I don't want to bowl, but now I really enjoy it. Um, I enjoy the challenge of it. I know it's not easy, um, but I think that's what makes it better. Um, and yeah, I mean, if I've got the opportunity to do both of them, I'd love to keep doing both. And are you the new Nighthawk? Uh, have you t- officially taken over the job from Stuart Broad now? I'm not sure about that. I think I need to get a few more runs for that first. But um, but yeah, I mean. I love like, them situations I think are just great um, again it's another opportunity for myself as well to go out there and, and play the way we want to play um, and keep putting pressure on the opponent uh, on the opposition and stuff so um, I mean yeah looking at the series one all two gone three still to come what have you I guess taken as a team out of those first two games of right yeah think that, that we need to do and that we need to make sure that we don't do kind of thing um, there's nothing as such where we say we can't, we don't do. Um, it's more 
whatever we do, just obviously keep doing it. I mean, yesterday, we like, I reckon we could have chased the score. We just didn't. Um, obviously, people are going to be like, uh, but I mean, it would be put ourselves in a great position again. We were very behind the game at one stage, and we came back, and we were literally favourites. Um, and for an English team, for people to even think that we're going to chase down 400 in, in, in a day, in India in the fourth innings, just a big accomplishment by itself. Um, there were a lot of, we fully believe we were going to as well. So, I mean, it's going to be a great series, uh, 100%. And it's going to be great games every game. Um, so hopefully we come on the better side of them. Is that half the battle, believing that you can do something? Because, you know, I don't know, it's maybe the same as running a marathon or, or climbing a mountain. But if you believe you can do it, that's kind of the first three, three, four, five steps already taken, isn't it? 100%. Um, and I guess everyone in the changing room believes at every given point, even in Hyderabad test, uh, where we were behind the game in a deficit of nearly 200 runs, but not one of us thought we're not going to lose this game or we're going to draw the game. Um, we always thought we're going to win. How are we going to win? What do we need to do? Um, and we stuck to the process and we did it. Um, so, so, I mean, as, as long as we keep doing that, I guess hopefully we'll come on the better side of it. We don't know yet whether Virat Kohli will be back for the third test. As a bloke who loves his cricket, who understands his cricket, how great would it be to play against Virat if he does come back? It'll be good. Uh, I think it'll be another challenge. It'll be very good. Uh, obviously, he's a great, unbelievable player. His record speaks for itself. Um, but, yeah, it'll be nice for nice to have Virat Kohli out as well. So, I mean, if you give me an opportunity to do that, hopefully I'll do. It is a, you know, if he doesn't come back... That batting lineup is still pretty stellar. Is I mean the way Jaiswal played in in the first innings, that incredible double hundred, Shubman Gill's hundred in the second, kind of shows you. I mean, when you've got one point four billion people to pick from, you, you you've got some depth, haven't you? No, hundred percent. Even uh, Rajat Padita when he came in debut, he looked so in place. Like they're lovely, unbelievable players, um, and they will be as well. You can't expect them not to be. Um, They've got a load of experience, played all around the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what makes it better. Jaiswal's a great player as well. I really like the way he plays. Um, hopefully he doesn't get any runs against us. But, I mean, great player. You have to respect he played very well as well. And so does Shuman. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's just about trying to keep ticking over, I guess. What's your ambitions in cricket? I mean, obviously, look, you're here playing now for England. Um, there might be a chance that there are IPL teams watching and going... That's a young man who can play a bit. I mean, what are your ambitions, say, for the next five years? I haven't thought that far ahead, but I would like to be involved in Test cricket as long as I can. Um, I enjoy this team the most. Uh, I enjoy being part of this team the most as well, as, especially as an England team. So as long as I can be in and around this environment and uh, make sure I prioritise this team, uh, the rest will kind of happen, I guess. Just a final one. You mentioned about being part of the team. It's quite noticeable that during the warm-ups in the morning, all the other lads are kicking the football around. Now, you're not a footballer. You walk around, you've got your bat in your hand, you're playing your shadow shots. At times, you look like you're on your own compared to the rest of the group. Are you OK with that? Are you happy with that? I just don't like playing pig. I literally just can't do it anymore. Uh, every time I play, I get flicked. So I just gave up on it. I don't want to get concussion. Uh, I'm just so bad at the game. Uh, and... and in anything obviously I've grew up always doing that as well like before a game walking around the ground trying to familiarise myself with the ground um, yeah just sense little spots of grass like just just walk around just try and make you feel normal um, I think it's a nervous thing that helps me calm my nerves and stuff so I guess it's just a little routine I have as well to be fair uh, but yeah pig the useless game I don't know why they play 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So that was Ryan Ahmed and the England player interviews do not stop there. We will be bringing you a special interview conducted by Steve Harmison with England number five batter Johnny Bairstow early next week. Then from Tuesday, more exclusive England player interviews will be brought to you in the lead up to the third test. But now it's time for a cricket chat that took place in Visag on lunch on the fourth day as the TalkSport cricket team were joined in the commentary box by the Daily Mail's Paul Newman and TalkSport's new cricket reporter, Cameron Ponsonby. Paul, Cameron, welcome. Thank you very much indeed for your time, Paul. Lunch will, will await. You won't miss it. No, absolutely. No problem at all there. Cameron, thank you for your time. Um, this test match... Let's start here, in the, in the now, the present. This test match gone for England? Well, I was a believer until about seven minutes ago when the, that double strike just before lunch. And I think that's kind of the point of this England team is they're faced with the impossible. They kind of make you believe, regardless of how absurd the situation is. I was talking to a colleague yesterday on the way out and he was saying, even 12 months ago, I'd have written this up as England, plucky England facing defeat in miracle chase. And instead he wrote it up as, it, it might happen, it could happen. And I think that's kind of the, the beauty of it all, and that we're all kind of drunk off our own supply at the moment, or drunk off Ben Stokes' supply. Paul, Jimmy Anderson said at the close of play yesterday, we are in a very good position. I had to say it twice this morning to remind people, and I said, Jimmy Anderson said, we are in a very good position. <laughs> well, they're rewriting the rules, aren't they, Neil? That's, that's the thing. And, and uh, who's to doubt him? I mean, you looked at all cricketing logic, told you they didn't have a chance today. Uh, but again, as Cam said, you know, seven minutes before lunch, we're thinking, can they do this? They, you know, it's only 200 left, and they score so quickly, they give themselves a chance, don't they? And it's only two LBWs that I would contest, you know, do not look completely right at all to me certainly the the Yadav one to Crawley that did not look didn't look right at all I can't see how that was given out the best though one going back back in the day you'd say there was an element of doubt there and the decision could have gone with the batsman you know but I don't, I'm not sure Chris Cavani's having a, a great game actually but you know to be fair the DRS said he was going he was going to hit the leg stump so we have to accept it but while Ben Stokes is there you know all hope is not lost is it but uh, it does look as if they're uh, they're struggling now 
Ben Fox wasn't given enough credit for the role that he played in the Hyderabad Test match, and uh, he doesn't score runs in baseball style, but he scores really important runs. And and here we are anticipating lunch and in lunch, and we're thinking. Well, all England need is 100 from Ben Stokes, and the Ben Folks hangs in there with another useful 35, and they're almost there. He's played fantastic supporting roles in this basball era, hasn't he, Ben Folks, with, with the bat? He's been fantastic with the gloves, by the way, we should say that in this test match. What a performance um, as keeper from Ben Folks, really justified his selection uh, with, with the gloves in, in this series so far. Um, he, he can play a supporting role, he's done it a few times uh, in, in the last couple of years. So all hope is not yet lost, I don't think. It does look an enormous task from here doesn't it but even if they go down now you have to say it's been another fantastic performance really uh, another fantastic test match and that's what they're all about really and even at 1-1 it would set the series up marvellously wouldn't it Cameron uh, Paul and I have been around uh, for maybe a couple more decades than you we've lived through some dire times in test cricket um, we've seen uh, England play very unbasketball type cricket it wasn't always like this you're very lucky starting your career well, you were a couple of years in now no, it's been, I've been fortunate enough that my first tour was Joe Root's last as captain when England had reached that record of one win in 17. And it was a case of maybe Ben Stokes could be captain. We all thought how mad an idea that was. We were like, it can't be Stokes, surely. And then having the, had the privilege to be on every single away test tour since then, this is just normal, isn't it? I kind of, we, had, we had Raul Pindi, then we had the Wellington defeat, which I, is almost my favourite match of this era, where England even managed to lose in the right way, losing by one run, having enforced the follow-on, almost because they wanted a day off and to get off like home early and we went that's brilliant guys thank you so much for that we really appreciated you losing in a spectacular fashion as well and I think that's the point of kind of basball out here is that it's such a humongous task to attempt to try and beat India at home over three tests let alone five I don't think England have to win for it to be considered a success before last week it was three India had only lost three of their last 46 at home Nothing works out here. No team comes out here and defeats India. So even for England just to try something different, to approach the match differently, and we see it out in front of us now with India taking a wicket with 300 runs in the bank and they're celebrating like it's the biggest wicket of the day. Normally you'd be going through the motions here. You're expecting a team to roll over. But just by the way that England are approaching the game differently, you then get more from the opposing team as well. India are more interesting to watch now because they're having to approach their own test matches in their own conditions differently. Paul, um, I spoke to Michael Atherton on lunchtime on the very first day about the way that selection of teams has evolved dramatically in recent times. Now data-driven data, data selection in so, so many ways, and that's Tom Hartley and Shoaib Bashir owed their selection as much to uh, data analysis and potential than actual performance. Teams in Michael Atherton's day used to be selected on the county averages, and Liam Dawson is the leading, was the leading spinner in England, didn't, didn't feature, apparently, in selection. Will Jacks was another. He took uh, six wickets on debut in Pakistan. Also didn't feature. Um, and they're both playing in the SA20. It has to be said, being paid a lot of money. I think they would have, I think it's fair to say as well, that they would have lost money had they been selected yeah. to come and play test cricket for England, which is in itself a, a really interesting talking point. It is, and, and, and as someone who, who loves test cricket, as we all do, um, I'm very much hoping that, that test cricket is the one that they all still want to play. Um, I think the two um, cases you've mentioned there, Neil, are a little bit different in that I don't think England wanted to pick Liam Dawson for this tour. They, they wanted to go on the, on the, for the, high, the, the tall bowlers, and we've heard all about the, the tra trajectory and, and the sort of release point and all the, all the rest of it, and it's, it's working, isn't it? And Ben Stokes told us before, the, before this test that he, he was watching... 
uh, he was watching a video, a counter championship video uh, on. Uh, on the Twitter feed of uh, the Canada Championship and, and where he saw Bashir and he immediately WhatsApped um, uh, McCullum and, and Key and said, I think we've, we've got something here. And so that's how they're picking. They're picking on people who might do something in the certain conditions rather than what they have done in different conditions, aren't they? And in the case of Dawson, I don't think they ever wanted to pick him for this tour. In the case of Jax, I think they were leaving him alone to play T20 cricket. I did an interview with him before the West Indies white ball trip. And he basically said, we've, we've, we've had a talk about it and I'm going to concentrate on, on white ball cricket with a view to trying to cement my place in the, in the World T20 uh, in June in the Caribbean. Um, I do think, you know, playing for, playing for England is still special. I still believe most people think that and most players think that. Uh, and multi-year uh, you know, multi central contracts is, is helping as well. Um, but I, I do think, certainly with the England players, uh, they're, they're still pretty much putting um, England first. Um, and also, they, they want to play this style of cricket, don't they? The, the, the Stokes and McCallum are all about making it special, making it entertaining, making players want to play this as a way of saving Test cricket, if you like, and, and, and long may that continue. The fact that the data is analysed from the cameras that is worn by umpires during the county championship, Cameron, um, and, uh, and, you know, that, that now selection has been turned on its head and you identify, first of all, what you need, what you would like in certain conditions, and then you have a look around to see where it might be available. It's not going to a supermarket with a shopping list rather than <laughs> just going and buying your favourite stuff and the stuff that's on promotion. It is, it's fascinating. I mean, it, it's, and, and it, is it, it's the way of the future, is it? Well, to, to slightly counter the idea of kind of um, Hartley and Bashir being kind of data-driven selections, like we, we talked to Ben Stokes about this, and we were asking, how does this selection process happen? Is it a Mo Bo battle, whoever at Loughborough coming to you with revolutions on the ball and spreadsheets? And he said, well, actually, no, it was the Twitter video that I saw. I sent it to McCullum and Key, and I went, there's something here. And it was a, a case of a conversation between all the players that have been out here saying this is the, this is the skill set we've really struggled against. And so it's almost felt, whilst being a really new age selection, almost very old school selection in an innate feel, kind of a gut feel for the game. And I think that almost speaks even further to how impressive Ben Stokes has been as a leader in that it is, it is his innate feel, innate instincts of how he thinks the game should be played in certain conditions that is dictating what selections they're going for. Again, we go back to the idea that traditionally Liam Dawson would have been on this tour. He was... Had, was the player of the county championship last season whereas now they're kind of going against the grain of what is what is tradition what is the kind of if you score enough runs or score enough wickets it's a meritocracy of you rising to the England team that's no longer the case as you say because they go right we have this shopping list we need someone bowling from seven foot a million we want them to be left-handed and if they can be six foot four as well that'd be perfect and that's how kind of England have gone about this series and well it's, it's paying dividends we've seen with um how relentlessly players on debut have performed very well. D Tom Hartley got seven for, Josh Tong got five for in the Ashes last year, Will Jacks got six for on his debut. There's something about the way, and I think Paul spoke about this when, when we had the Ben Stokes press conference, of how they're managing to pick players and put them into this environment where they are able to succeed immediately. He's, he's an amazing captain, isn't he? I, I just I, he completely defied all expectations from me. We were talking about 
as Cam was talking about when he people said, "Oh, is it uh, is it wise to make him captain?" Well, I'm afraid I I put out a tweet saying it'd be absolutely madness to make him the bench <laughs> so captain, the captain. <laughs> and I've not even deleted it. I don't know if you've deleted yours. It's still out there. Yep, no, deleted, <laughs> deleted. <laughs> I've apologised a couple of times for it, but I'm absolutely delighted to be proven <clears throat> so wrong because it's an absolute joy to watch him as England captain. It's given me a late career boost, you know, seeing seeing this for the last couple of years. Watching him yesterday, he's just what a time to be a bowler. What a time to to make your debut. He's like, almost like the spin whisperer, isn't he? You know, he just gets the he just gets slow bowlers. He gets the, the total self belief. Watching him in the field yesterday, he just backed them completely. And Jimmy Anderson said last night, you know, India looking like they've got a bit of fear, and you can see that they look they look rattled even if they do win this game. And I just think he's becoming one of the most significant England captains in history. And, and long, it's just it's just fantastic to watch. Well, India are being asked questions they weren't expecting to be asked. I think that's the the point. You're listening to me, Neil Manthorpe, Paul Newman from uh, the Daily Mail, and multi-talented freelancer Cameron Ponsonby, who's played an enormously important behind-the-scenes role for TalkSport in the first two test matches, but you'll be front and centre in in the next three. Um, Just to reset, England are uh, 194 for six at lunch, needing another 205. They lost five wickets in the morning session, with Ravichandran Ashwin uh, taking three for 42 and two wickets on the stroke of lunch. Kuldeep Yadav and Jasprit Bumrah are both striking. Zach Crawley, LBW for 73 to Kuldeep and Johnny Bairstow, LBW to Jasprit Bumrah in uh, the last uh, 15 minutes before lunch. Bairstow making 26. So all to do for England. <clears throat> Let's move on to the global picture. Um, the Well... I don't want to talk too much about the health of Test cricket because it, we've, we've just had a full house yesterday, um, sold out um, here at the Visag Stadium. 40,000 people uh, every single day of the series has been extremely well attended here in India and, and Test cricket feels in rude health to us right now. Um, we know that the global pictures are, uh, is not the same. Um, the Test Championship, I'd like to talk to you about that. It's a, it's a concept that is well-intended and appallingly put together. I mean, it's, it's truly, truly flawed. You've got England playing, and Australia and India playing 20-odd test matches and, and countries like South Africa playing 12. And I know that its place in the final is decided on win percentage, but nonetheless, it's much, much easier uh, for the smaller countries to somehow wangle a place into the World Test Championship final than it is for the big three. So it's flawed, but is it fatally flawed, Paul Newman? I fear it might be actually, Neil. Um, I, I, I never, it never enters my head, to be honest. Whenever I'm watching England play a Test match, I'm not, I'm not thinking where does this leave them in the World Test Championship? How, how many points do they have to get to get to the final? Having said that, I've enjoyed the two finals, and you know when it gets close to the final, you think, oh, who's, who's actually in the frame here? We're we going to see England in this, but uh, it's hard, as you say, because nations play so many different amount of test matches it's hard to see how, how, how they can make it better really there must be a way of making it fairer um, uh, and making this work because it does seem a concept that's worth trying doesn't it to give relevance to every test series but it, it just never enters my head I mean you know whenever Spurs play I'm looking at the Premier League table and <laughs> say well, how far how far off the top four are they but it, it just as I say it never enters my head when I, when I watch a test match where, where this might leave England I feel like it's a, a little bit like the, the League Cup at home in that no one really cares until you win a few games. You go, oh, I quite fancy a trip to Wembley, actually. That'll be quite fun. And I think where I fall down there is a similar place to Paul in that I think it's better to be able to criticise an action rather than an inaction. If there was nothing in place, we'd be saying there needs to be some sort of context applied to test cricket. And we've started in the first draft is, isn't the best draft, basically. But in terms of how much it matters to the players, I mean, 
they're international sportsmen. Like they're playing five-a-side down at Power League. They're going to want to win. And you hear Nathan Lyon talking about how this is my World Cup final. I don't really play that much white ball cricket. I think Dean Elgar from South Africa said sim- similar things. There is a kind of potential and, and a desire to have more context applied to Test cricket. I think the days gone by where a Test match on its own, standing on its own two feet, was all the context you needed doesn't quite apply anymore. I don't, you may disagree on that front. Um, but for that purpose, I feel like there's a chance. There, it's an idea worth worth sticking with. It's just how long it takes to get to that position. I mean, it's so fatally flawed, or it's seriously flawed in so many different ways. The big three will always play each other in every cycle, and they'll always play five test matches. Um, and so that you know that in itself uh, makes it very hard for for them. Uh, I think the deducting points for overrate penalties again is. Uh, well-intended, but absolutely bonkers. I mean, yeah, that's done for England, isn't it? This this time, yeah. you know, last last summer, they got they got fined, didn't they? Fine points. We got fined almost as many points as they earned. Um, but for countries like the West Indies and South Africa, particularly South Africa, I don't. I, th- I think Test cricket might not exist because it's the only reason to play it. And South Africa loses money on on every tour apart from India and England. Um, it costs them a lot of money to stage. There's no um, administrative desire to, to play the game. The players still believe it's the purest and best and most enjoyable and satisfying format of the game. But without this fatally flawed World Test Championship, um, I, I think that the game might well founder in two or three of the major test-playing nations. My question is, is that a bad thing? I mean, let's be brutally honest, you know. I mean, if, it's, if it needs to be played amongst five or six countries that can support the game, including the big three, then maybe that's the way to go. I think with Test cricket, you kind of have to hit the almost the point of no return until action can come along. You have to, it has to get really, really bad until you get the main players, India, England and Australia, to actually look around and think, right, we need to enact some change. And I think we're almost there, and we've had Nick Hockley, the Cricket Australia CEO, talking about maybe moving to kind of series of four-day test matches, so three four-day matches rather than sticking to kind of two five-day matches if that makes better space. We've seen Rob Key talking about maybe we need an international window. You are getting the big players now acknowledging that administrative changes need to be made. Um, of course, you also need kind of India and the BCCI and how much, how quickly can these changes be made? If we're talking about we need action now, all the fixtures are planned out until 2027, so that's the earliest where something could change and we already have a test series going on in New Zealand at the moment where South Africa have had to send their third 11 because they're playing the T20 competition so whether you can afford to wait three more years onto the point of like is it a bad thing if it only five or six teams played it I think of course it's a bad thing I think if you want to grow the game and you want the game to succeed I don't see how that ever can come with reducing uh, the kind of pot of players and the, the number of countries who are playing across the world I think it'd be a disaster if we lost South Africa for one to test cricket with their rich tradition of the game. I think it'd be an absolute disaster. Um, I think we have to sort of fight that at all costs, to be honest. I don't think fewer teams playing test cricket would in any way be be, a, be an acceptable solution. And the only way I can think of doing it is a fairer distribution of wealth. You know, that's been talked about. Uh, in India can, can certainly afford it. So can England and Australia. Uh, if, they, if they give more of their wealth to, to the smaller test nations, then maybe they, they could survive and maybe they could... Uh, the, South Africa wouldn't send a, a third team to New Zealand or, or whatever it is. Um, it, it's the only way I can I can see it see it surviving really in that in in, in terms of, of the smaller nations being able to play play the test matches that India, Australia, and England do. 
about standardized test match fees that might be a start yeah absolutely that could help as well um there's, there's, there must be a way mustn't there there must be a way um I, I, I know it's different in other countries. I do, I do think England players will, will always still want to, to play for England, as, as we said. Um, it must be different for, for, for other players where there's so little money in playing for your country, you know, and you can go off and earn fortunes in, in the franchises. But um, we, we just have to really just look after the, the little guy, as it were, in, in terms of, of wealth. Um, uh, but there doesn't seem to be an appetite to do that, I'm afraid. That's the, that's the, that's the big worry on that one. I feel like the, the kind of main change that's happened over the last however many decades is it used to be that the figurative pinnacle of the game in Test cricket aligned with the financial pinnacle of the game in Test cricket, and that, that's not no longer the case. If you are from England, Australia, India, and you want to grow up and you want to make lots of money playing cricket, you can play Test cricket. And I think Usman Khawaja from Australia has been saying this and that. If I wasn't from Australia and wasn't able to earn lots of money through Test cricket, which is the format I love the most, of course I wouldn't be here. I'd go and play T20 leagues. And I think it's always often kind of very short-sighted where players get criticised for being mercenaries. And there's an amazing story of Rothman Powell, the uh, T20 captain from the West Indies. He says his only motivation in his career is to make sure that his mum's never in poverty again. And like, how can you, you criticise him to say, actually, I think I might go and take the paycheck, actually, rather than play kind of another game for the West Indies when I can make more money in Dubai? Um, I think the kind of standardised match fees, it feels like a... It almost feels like too neat an option. If, if that is possible, it feels like a, an option that in 20 years' time, if it's enacted in 10 years' time, you go, well, why don't we do this earlier? Um, and it could be the first step towards making it more attractive for the likes of Shamar Joseph, who's just come into the West Indies team, who said he wants to stick with Test cricket what forever. Superstar. That was the quote of the year, I thought. You know, I wanted to, wanted to give him a big hug, as, as Mike Atherton wrote. Yeah, it's, it's it superb, was, wasn't it? It was absolutely brilliant. He, um, he said after having won the Test match for the West Indies, I'll always be available for Test cricket. I'll never take like the, the cash over the no country. Much, no matter how much money comes yeah. my way. I thought that was a very brave Let's sentiment. Let's hope he to that. <laughs> I thought it was a very brave thing to say immediately after having had one of the best wins in Test cricket ever. It felt like saying you love someone a bit too late in the evening and you can't really take it back. <laughs> but On a wider context, I just said that this is your first tour of India, Cameron. You're doing it yes. yourself, um, booking your own hotels. and Actually, I did it a couple of months ago. It was sort of revisiting the old days. And I, <laughs> I, I had, my, I had my, my $40 a day hotel budget. And I had some fabulous experiences, really, really enriching. And I had some horrible ones as well. Yeah. How, how's your tour going? I'm at one all so far. Hyderabad was a bit dodgy. Um, but Visa, get yourself down to the Bayview Hotel. Beautiful place. Lovely food. Everyone's lovely. Um, no, it's been it's such an exciting tour. I think part of the excitement of following this England team is you get to go to such an array of places. So this is my first time in India. I was on the Pakistan trip last year or late in 2022 with, with Paul. It was a remarkable experience in terms of, um, well, the security was through the roof in terms of Multan. You could only go places with an armed guard. And that, that was kind of one extreme. You go to the other way, you're in the West Indies or New Zealand. And you're kind of free to roam and do whatever. Um, I, I must admit, I never, I never understood before this job why there were rumours that broadcasters quite liked early finishes in test matches and then when I found myself in the West Indies I went I understand completely now if this can be done a bit quicker I can get down, down to the beach Paul um, there are almost a thousand English supporters that have come out for the first two test matches and they are we are all having a, a great time in Vizag 
It wasn't so good in Hyderabad for them. I mean, it's an experience of a lifetime for many people. They paid a lot of money to come and watch Test cricket in India, mm. and it was a bit grim for them. Yeah, this is this is a, an important point. I think uh, I don't think um, spectators are very well treated in India when they try and come along to a Test match. You know, if you want people to come along, at least treat them well. And, and there were some real horror stories from Hyderabad involving the England supporters. Um, I know one of the tour guides very well, and he was saying, you know, they, they had their water confiscated, sunblock binoculars, all, all sorts of things, and they were made to sit in the sun, uh, and there was and water wasn't even readily available to buy in the ground, and that to me is just, it's just not acceptable. You know, it's just, it's just wrong, isn't it? And how, how can you do that when people are, are coming to try and support Test cricket and to try and, and make sure there are decent crowds in? Because, you know, Bullcut, it looks, it looks better when there are decent crowds in, doesn't they? And these first two Tests have been very well supported, which is terrific. Whether that's because we're playing this series in some of the outposts rather than the hubs. As, as, attract, as, as contributed to the bigger crowds, whether baseball has contributed to the bigger crowds, because a lot of people in India are intrigued to see whether it can work here. Um, but, but that was really poor to hear in, in Hyderabad. And you see people queuing outside and the way they're, they're treated, and I just don't think it's, uh, it, it's right, really. And, and that doesn't help at all in terms of getting good crowds in for, for the test matches like you see at the, at the IPL games here. Yeah, 70-year-old pasty diabetic from uh, the English winter coming out, can't bring their own water in or a banana. Why, why, why would you do it? You know, what, you, you, you want to come and, and have an experience of a lifetime, well, but why would you when it's, when it's so difficult to, to, to enjoy yourself? I mean, there was a riot in the 1996 uh, World Cup semi-final, wasn't there, when people uh, all had water bottles, many water bottles, and they filled them with alternative um, alternatives to water, recycled water, if you will, and used them as projectiles. Is that what it goes back to, this, this ban on yeah, water? Yeah, it's like 28 years ago. Uh, and, you know, as I said, um, you know, sure, surely, surely some people can qualify for a water exemption, bring their own bottle? Well, yeah, that makes sense now, because when you do go around the stands, that water is sold in kind of big two-litre bottles that's then dispensed into paper cups in terms of... It's a bit like the football at home, where the, the kind of bottle top has to come off before you can take your, your Coke into the stands. I think it has been very difficult. I, th I think, obviously, it's a kind of negative experience, especially trying to get into the ground on day one of Hyderabad, that I think a lot of the journalists were getting messages from people saying, like, you need to hear about this, it's very difficult... I think the sun cream for me is the one. As, as a very pale man, if I was uh, told I had to sit in the sun without any sun cream, I think that well, it's, it's genuinely quite dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't heard as many horror stories from Vizang. No, much better here. Much better here, I think. And I think it's a, a case of as you get further into a test, even within a test match, day one the security is always the highest, and by day four, the, often you're kind of getting getting waved through the door, and it's a bit more bit more relaxed. We've got two minutes left, Paul. I want to, to get your final thoughts and uh, you know, they don't have to be definitive but I, I want to say rather than looking too far ahead and, and trying to judge Ben Stokes's um, future and how he will be viewed and, and test cricket and whatever I just want to I want everyone and us to appreciate right now how did we feel walking into the ground with England needing 399 to win and years gone by we'd have gone well how soon will they roll over and die will they play a shot how dull will this be it's a foregone conclusion but I came into work today, if I can call it work, didn't feel like work, just buzzing, just, just let's exactly. enjoy the moment now. Exactly, and that's the, the crux of it, isn't it? And, and seven minutes before lunch, we were actually thinking, do you know what, they could do this, and who's to say they won't do it even now, you know, I wouldn't be totally surprised, but that is exactly the nub of it, they're, they're making it fun, they're making anything seem possible, they're, they're total self-belief, you know, the first couple of days in Hyderabad, the press conferences, you think... What are they talking about? They were so positive. You know, they seem to be absolutely out of the game after two days. What are you talking about? How can you be so relentlessly positive? But there's not 
a, a, you know, a sliver of self-doubt. Um, he, he's making he's making it a joy for the players to play. He's making it a joy for the spectators to watch. It's fascinating to watch him in the field. Uh, and I just think this is the best thing that's happened, not only to English Test cricket, but all Test cricket for many years. And, and I, I, I remember you saying on a podcast, you're going to watch all the writers to make sure they don't criticise when it goes wrong. Because <laughs> we're also... We, I, 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 I clocked that when you said that on a podcast. I listen to every podcast. Um, and uh, I'm determined not to be negative. Um, I slipped up a little bit after a couple of days in Hyderabad, you know, saying, oh, they've not had a good day here. But no, I'm, I'm going to try and be relentlessly positive as well, because it's marvellous. Well, it's great to know that Paul Newman, one of the best in the biz is a regular listener to the show he's a subscriber so should you be if you haven't already please do subscribe get in touch via x or twitter whatever it's called these days at cricket underscore ts or head over to the Talksport cricket youtube channel for more cricket videos and content for now though thanks for listening to following on Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.